Don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God in the big the book of Exodus to begin with, Exodus chapter 1, beginning at verse 15. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shipra, and the name of the other Pua, and he said, When you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women, and see them on the birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and saved the male children alive? And the midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are lively and give birth before the midwives come to them. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very mighty. And so it was because the midwives feared God that he provided households for them. So Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born, every son who is born, you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. Verses 15 to 22, Exodus chapter 1, then continuing Exodus chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it, and when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him, and the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of the water. Exodus 2, verses 1 to 10. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the power, the grace, the wisdom, the strength in your word. Father, we thank you for the wonderful account of the story we find in Exodus chapters 1 and 2, a beautiful story of how your hand of grace, your Holy Spirit, and your mercy work wonderfully to use your wisdom, your grace, your sovereignty to bring about your will in the world. Help us to recognize, Lord, that you've called us as believers to stand for truth and to stand for life. Help us to boldly stand for life. And thank you, Lord, for how that just as you used those five precious women to save a little boy by the name of Moses. Today, you're using people wonderfully in so many ways to help stand for life and stand against the tragedy of abortion. Stir us, Lord, as the church to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, boldly proclaiming the gospel and boldly proclaiming your word, which tells us 
choose life that we and our children may live. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. We do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Mark Ose is our producer. He's going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Lord God, I thank you for this opportunity to serve you on this broadcast. I just pray that uh, the right people, people that uh, you need to hear this, will indeed hear it, and that your will will be done, whether uh, by a broadcast or a podcast. I pray that hearts would be touched and people would come to understand better the issues we're talking about here and would be drawn closer to you. I thank you for our guest and for our host today. And just ask again for your blessings on the technical aspects. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Mark. Thank you again for being a part of our listening family today. We're very blessed and honored to have once again, it's been a while, but we're grateful to have once again Jorel Godsey. He's the president of Heartbeat International. Jorel, how are you today? I'm doing well, Pastor Joseph. Thank you so much for having me with you. Great to have you and an honor to have you. And, you know, as we begin, I'm going to ask if you'll take a few moments to further introduce yourself. And then I would ask that you really introduce for our listeners Heartbeat International. Uh, many of our listeners would know what Heartbeat International is. But then on the other hand, there would be many who have, may have never heard of Heartbeat. And from my perspective, Heartbeat is a unique ministry that works in the background to help the wonderful work of pregnancy clinics in so many ways. But if you'll further introduce yourself and then get right into sharing about the great work and mission of Heartbeat. Happy to do so. Uh, privilege, of course, to be with you. Pastor Joseph, it's been great to get to know you over the last couple of years. The um, Well, first, let me introduce myself. I've been involved in this work and the pro-life movement since uh, the late 80s when I, I really had a conversion of both of heart and mind, and uh, it was really the Holy Spirit at work in me, uh, kind of called me into this work. Uh, and, and, my, and my history is that I've actually been involved with an abortion in my past. And so it was a dramatic reversal on a single Sunday morning that, that the Lord spoke directly in my heart through the, through the words of a pastor. So thank you for continuing to speak life. And it was that, that spoken word that challenged me that abortion uh, is a gospel issue that really altered my mind and heart, and what I didn't know then was that he was calling me into this work, and I've had the privilege of being part of the pro-life movement, and specifically part of the pregnancy help movement uh, uh, for the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. And so how you've only in recent years become the president, or have you been the president of Heartbeat for a long time? No, actually, I, I started out as a volunteer in a local center in, in South Florida, then became a staff member. Uh, I, I then uh, moved to Colorado and became the executive director of a center. Uh, so I was has a lot of background from board level, from volunteering, from being a staff person, and then, of course, an executive at a, at a local center. And I came to Heartbeat, actually, in 2006 to fill the role of vice president of ministry services, which is direct service for the very centers that I had been been involved in, you know, working with those uh, who are in the local area who are actually um, making it happen, who are who are really serving their local community. And so my opportunity when I came to Heartbeat was to do what Heartbeat does, which is help those local communities. So I brought my own experience, learned more. We have a, a phenomenal team. I think we have over 400 years of experience uh, in pregnancy help work on our team, and we're able to tap into that for a variety of things, because that's, uh, that's ver- the very place that God 
called Heartbeat from was uh, in the early days, the, you know, the, the pregnancy health movement actually started at, at, um, before Roe, by the way. It, you know, we had this, this move in the, in the U.S. in particular where you have the sexual revolution of the 60s <clears throat> spawns the abortion culture, which, and then we have the very first uh, state becoming, uh, that basically made abortion legal was Colorado in 1967, followed by California, North Carolina, and Oregon. Then, then you have more states coming on after that. But the very first pregnancy center actually opened as an idea in uh, in Toronto in 1968, and the 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 U.S. quickly heard of this. We had hotlines and and people that were trying to help others. You know, we feel that the very best alternative to abortion is another person, uh, much like the gospel is. You know, very much that. And so we. We began to see them, this movement was coming together, and they said, we need an organization that connects us, ties us, helps us learn from one another, helps us uh, uh, be able to advocate for us, and that was uh, then known as Alternatives to Abortion International and then became Heartbeat International in, 90, in 92. And so we're in our 52nd year, and I became the president of Heartbeat in 2016 as the longstanding 23-year president of Heartbeat before me uh, stepped out of that role, and uh, we don't to retire when we talk about Peggy Hartshorn because uh, she's just that energetic, but she's been our board chair ever since. And uh, that's exactly what pregnancy, um, that's exactly what Heartbeat does for the pregnancy health movement is, uh, is to look to grow and support it, unify and advance it wherever it exists, not mm-hmm. just as pregnancy centers per se, because we also uh, understand that maternity homes and adoption agencies and, and other, there are other things that are part of the pregnancy help outreach, sidewalk advocacy, all of these things are part of pregnancy help as a movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, it manifests mostly in the pregnancy help center idea. And so our, we have actually 3,000 affiliates um, in, in 89 countries. Uh, about two-thirds of those are in the U.S. because that's where the largest concentration and the largest networks of pregnancy help exist. Uh, but they're also around the globe because the problem is great internationally as well. Mm. Well, I'm going to ask if you'll take a moment now specifically to pray for our listeners in this regard you know, there are many different people that they're, they're listening, that will be listening, and uh, some of them are people who one day the Lord is going to call them to start a pregnancy clinic or maybe to come to work with one or maybe to be a volunteer. There's some who the Lord is going to call to come alongside with their prayers and their finances, but there's work for everyone in the kingdom of God. So would you pray for every listener to have ears to hear whatever the Holy Spirit wants to say to them through the broadcast today? Absolutely. Well, Father, I, I, we thank you that you are, have called many into this field, this mission field created by abortion. Lord, you have called those to step up and stand up and to speak out. And so, Father, we thank you that you are calling a new generation as well. Those that may have been on the sidelines, may have been, um, you know, it wasn't the right season, but Lord, now is a new season uh, for people to say, I need to step up and be a part of this. So, Lord, I thank you that you call them that you draw them, that you equip them, and that you encourage them, Lord, to step out for your purpose and for your plan so that women can be reached, hearts can be touched, and lives can be saved, uh, that are your kingdom lives, Lord, your 
ministry, Lord. This is your purpose. Just as the Hebrew midwives uh, were, were placed in that moment for that season and stood stood firm, even against Pharaoh, Lord, you are calling people to come and stand firm to help rescue uh, women and babies and lives and lifetimes. And so thank you, Lord, for calling them. Thank you, Lord, for stirring hearts at whatever level they can step up and stand up, Lord. We thank you that you would equip them and bless them for stepping out. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jarrell. Now, Jarrell, before we go further talking more about heartbeat, I want to ask if you'll briefly touch on this. Uh, you're the first person I met named with the same name as Superman's dad. And my understanding is you and your children have some unique names related to that whole topic. Would you share a little bit about that? Absolutely. Yeah, this is always a fun fun way to introduce myself to a, to a new group that so I, I'm named after Superman's father. It's Jor-El with a hyphen in the middle and a capital E. Uh, of course, L is God. And, you know, I, I I can't say I grew up in a Christian home, but God knew he had a plan for me. So I'm grateful that he has done that. So my, all three of my kids have Superman names as well. My oldest is um, named Jared, but his middle name is Kal-El, like Superman. My uh, daughter is Kara or Kara, and that's Supergirl's name. And then my youngest is Joel like the prophet, but his middle name is Kent. So we've had a, a lot of fun with our family, and uh, we have uh, all kinds of Superman things that we've collected over the years as uh, a part of that kind of tradition. We call ourselves a super family. All right. So everybody wears capes to work every day as well, I guess, right? So <laughs> Something like that, yes. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for sharing. I'm going to ask if you'll take a moment now, share with our listeners. There may be someone listening who's thinking, what is a pregnancy clinic? Would you define that for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that, as it's um, grown over the years, it's simply a pregnancy help center or pregnancy resource center or pregnancy help clinic. These are places that are are either standalone or mobile, where where women who are who are in that decision making process regarding an unplanned or unintended pregnancy can go, and they can they they can get a, a pregnancy test at no cost. Uh, they can get often get an ultrasound at no cost. And all of that is, is to really to create a space for that woman to have someone who does not profit from her decision, help her walk through and understand the dynamics that are in play, understand the choices that she's envisioning, and help her make an informed decision. That Dr- is the goal Dr- of the Pregnancy Health Center. I'm going to jump in real quick with a break, and we're going to pick up right there on the other side. Our phone guest today is Jarrell Godsey. He's the president of Heartbeat International. We'll be right back. And you look from heaven 
call it sunshine That's amazing And you made me In your likeness Super amazing Music of Dunson Oyakon with Amazing. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is Jarrell Gotze. He's the president of Heartbeat International. And Jarrell, would, uh, there may be someone who would like to get in touch with Heartbeat or, again, learn more about the work. Would you share uh, website information or contact information that they can, uh, whereby they can learn more about the ministry? Yes, absolutely, Pastor Joseph. Thank you for that. Uh, we are. You can find us at uh, heartbeatinternational.org, and you can certainly send us an email at support at heartbeatinternational.org, either way. Um, I, it's also important to let people know uh, for their own sake that one of the ways that they can help people find pregnancy help is by using our 24-7 call center, which is one of our largest programs, uh, and that's called Option Line, optionline.org. Uh, just like that, that's a, there's a locator people can go to and find and say, who's the pregnancy help center near me? Or we have some some of our maternity homes are on that list as well. Um, who's near me that uh, I might be able to pray for or or to go and visit and and affirm them? So that we would encourage people to have that kind of in the back of their mind. Optionline.org and the number if they wanted to call would be eight hundred seven one two help. All right. Thank you. Thank you, then. So would you, uh, you were in the process of kind of further sharing, explaining to our listeners what exactly a pregnancy resource center is. Yes, so a pregnancy help center is basically a place where uh, people can go. It's staffed by those that are, are life-affirming, uh, and it's, it's really the church in action, uh, Pastor Joseph. It it's not, may not have a steeple, may not look like a church, but it's the church people in action around this particular issue, helping people who are in the valley of decision make an informed decision about their pregnancy, understand the choices. They, we, we are capable of talking about all, the, all three choices, abortion, uh, of course, uh, pregnancy or parenting, and then adoption. Um, it kind of depends on where she is and what she's what she needs to know that we will uh, help her. Uh, we're able to provide often uh, provide ultrasounds and then of course uh, continuing care ma- material services. We can certainly help them uh, as they make that life decision to carry that child and to um, get you know all kinds of education and other resources and get connected to things in their community that the pregnancy help center knows most you know most women walking around don't know where all of those resources are that can help them in that decision but the pregnancy uh, help centers are special specialists in that and they know that there's uh, programs that are available government programs community programs church programs that can be connected uh, to them to help them make a life decision all right. Well, well. again, you know, uh, it's such a blessing to the body of Christ to have a ministry like Heartbeat International, which does help to 
undergird and come alongside the great ministry and work of Pregnancy Ministries. And I want to say specifically thank you, Jarrell, you and Heartbeat for the work you've done to help us too. I've, my wife and I have had the privilege of helping to launch a ministry called Pregnancy Care and Hope Center Ministry that is getting close to our launch. We're not quite there, but we've begun to do ministry in the Mississippi Delta, and Heartbeat has been tremendous. Uh, the Life Launch Grant and just the other things you all have done have been uh, just a tremendous blessing, so I want to say thank you. But would you share a little bit more about why it's so critical that pregnancy clinics have a ministry like Heartbeat to help us move forward to do the work we do in local communities? Well, thank you for the opportunity to work with you in the Mississippi Delta. We're grateful for your kind of pioneering attitude and desire and um, looking forward to the day when that when that ministry is open fully uh, and doing all that you, you really envision for it to happen. That's one of the things that most people uh, don't understand. They see, they can see the need. They realize that, oh my goodness, you know, uh, my so-and-so had an, you know, had an abortion. She had nowhere to go. They see that need. But that to go from seeing the need and meeting the need is two different things, and that's exactly what Heartbeat International has has uh, been called to, to do, is to really help support those who are feeling that call, who are sensing that need to step into it. So we have all kinds of programs. We have some uh, solutions. We have various uh, tools, software tools. We have certainly the option line is always a a front-end help for pregnancy centers to get started and get growing. We have team members that help walk people through from soup to nuts. You know, this is this is how we do it. This is what what uh, what to, to to do first. This is the questions, the key questions you want to be sure you're asking, and then help grow that. And along the way, we can help in various ways. We do have a a life launch program that is able to. Um, is able to kind of come alongside and help uh, grow uh, a ministry that is already kind of moving in that direction. So that's our privilege and our opportunity. And then, of course, once the center's up and running, we we are available with conferences and additional trainings and uh, always as a resource to help uh, uh, centers not just get started, but to move through the various levels of growth and of, uh, of organizational growth, which is uh, an adventure unto itself. And we have, again, lots of experience on hand to help people walk through that. Mm. Well, I appreciate you sharing that, Jarrell. Jarrell, I'm going to ask if you'll kind of elaborate on this. You know, uh, praise God for the fact that Roe v. Wade was overturned. We, we're grateful to the Lord for bringing that to pass. And the reality is Roe v. Wade should have never happened to begin with. It legalized the tragedy of abortion in our culture. Yet though Ro, Roe v. Wade has been overturned, the fact is uh, our nation still is a nation that has uh, – that, that allows people to take the lives of their unborn children in um, many states. And the fact is the landscape has just changed, but the battle is still very much raging. Would you share just from your perspective as the president of Heartbeat some insights that believers need to understand about how the battle and the battlefield have changed? Well, thanks for that, uh, Pastor Joseph. The it's it is right, and I I, I appreciate exactly that you said it exactly right. That what needed to be done by the Supreme Court was to correct the wrong about the the so-called right to abortion, and so that's all they did. It should never have happened, but they did it, and that created an abortion culture in our land, and and the the the. The results of the Dobbs decision last June, which is the reversal of Roe versus Wade, allowed basically freed states to make laws 
about abortion, uh, particularly protecting people from abortion or restricting and constraining abortion. You know, the vast majority of people in, in, the, in the U.S. don't believe that abortion should be available for any reason at any time throughout pregnancy. And so that's what states are reacting to. And some states are doing a, a great job in, in kind of restricting and constraining the evil of abortion. And that's what the Dobbs did. Unfortunately, the women in those states have have lived in a culture of abortion for now more than 50 years, right? That's the reality of Roe that we still have, have even in those states that have made laws, is that those laws haven't changed the 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 hearts of those individuals in that state yet. We I believe the law is a teacher, and it will teach us. But it hasn't changed their hearts. So, so when they are now encountering an unexpected, unintended pregnancy, they're, they're one of their first thoughts is, is often abortion. Whether they're in a state that is a life state or they're, certainly if they're an abortion state, the abortion states are going the other direction. They're making more rules to subsidize abortion and to protect abortion. So this is a new landscape for us, but it, doesn't, it isn't a new landscape in the hearts and minds of, of women who are suddenly finding themselves in that situation. That's why pregnancy help is more important than ever. It's important because if a woman is in a state where she's been acting in, you know, the way the culture wants, it says it's okay to act, and now finds herself pregnant, she wasn't planning to be pregnant, and now she needs help because her state may not provide or allow for abortion. So she needs help with that baby, unless, of course, she's now trying to look for an abortion in some other state or somewhere else, in which case she still needs help to make that decision, make an informed decision, because these are not totally safe procedures, not totally safe things, and she needs to know that. Know that. And of course, if they're in an abortion state, they're deeply ensconced in that culture of abortion, and she also needs to be reached with pregnancy help. No woman should feel so alone that she feels forced or coerced, but whether by another person or her own circumstances, to terminate the life of her child. And that is still happening today, and until the courts and our laws fully protect the unborn, we will always have a need for pregnancy help. Mm. Well, you know, and also uh, I'm going to ask if you'll uh, uh, touch on this as well. Uh, uh, the fact is by tragically, um, the, again, looking at the fact of some of the ways the landscape has changed, uh, nowadays the majority of abortions are chemical abortions, yet there are many people, for example, pastors and individual believers too, who if you were to say to them that, make that statement, some would say, what is a chemical abortion? Well, it's a huge reality uh, in our culture today. Would you elaborate on that? Certainly, um, we, and that's something that we do, is we operate the abortion pill reversal our abortion pill rescue network, which is all about abortion pill reversal. So this has been actually a trend that's been happening uh, that was kind of under the radar for the last um, 20 years because uh, the abortion pill, and let me, let me explain the abortion pill. That's very important because it's not just one pill, it's two. So, but the, uh, the initial abortion pill, the first one, is called mifepristone, and that was actually uh, basically approved by the FDA in the final year of the of the Clinton administration back in 2020. And so when what we have then was we have it beginning to grow and there's there's it's beginning to to be used but this has been accelerated in the last decade just just f- 5 now 6 years ago the rate of chemical abortion compared to all abortions was 37%. 
in 2020. So that's a COVID year. It, be, it was 54%. And just using those data points suggests that this year in 2023, the rate of chemical abortions over surgical abortions will be 70%. And as everybody knows, uh, uh, these, this idea of, of accessing drugs is a lot easier in concept and in profit uh, for the abortion industry to use chemical abortion versus surgical abortion. It's more involved. It requires more staff. It requires you know, more infrastructure. And so the, the whole abortion industry has been moving to the chemical abortion. Now, that is all without the realization that the Biden administration in 2021 has relaxed constraints, common sense constraints that were initially put in place in, 2020, in 2000 to, to safeguard the women for some issues that mifepristone, the first pill, represents. So this has been a growing trend. And and when I say there's not one pill, but two, so mifepristone is typically the pill that she takes first. And that's, that's by the FDA rule, is only supposed to be taken through the 10th week. And so that's now, uh, uh, that's what she does. She takes the first pill, and that's designed to essentially starve the baby of progesterone. And then the, then the second pill is the, called misoprostol, and what it does is supposed to be taken within 24 hours of the first pill, and it's designed to expel the baby. And that's the abortion pill regimen, not one pill, but two. And here's the interesting thing, as, God, as, as the, you know, I believe the evil one has raised up this, our, this ability to uh, um, kill uh, babies more readily through chemical abortion, he has also raised up at least an answer to chemical abortion after it's been taken, because in 2000 and, and, and actually 2004, the very first, I'm sorry, 2006, the very first doctor was presented with a woman who he was talking to who said, I took the first pill. I don't want to go through, the, through this. What can I do? And he had been reading on something. He went and researched, you know, some things that he was aware of about progesterone. And he tried something that he was the very first one who, who did that. He tried that and used that for her. And her name was Sophie. And he presented that to her. And, and fortunately, it actually helped save that baby, and she, to, the, to this year, she'll be 17. And that was the very first time that we know of that an abortion pill was reversed in its effect that was intended to, to kill that baby. Actually, we were seeing her to be saved. The second occurrence was 2008, and then in 2012, the abortion pill uh, rescue network came about, and we took that over at Heartbeat International in 2018 from Dr. Delgado, who pioneered that work. And we have now, to date, seen 4,000 uh, uh, babies, according to our statistics, have been rescued from the initial pill. Now, that's, that's if it's taken after the first pill within, a, within about 72 hours. But mm. actually, Pastor Joseph, most of the women, almost 75% of them, and present to us within that 24 hours with that deep regret of having taken that first pill and mm-hmm. wanting an, an opportunity, at least one last chance to save their baby. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Jarrell, something that I think is a huge issue uh, in our culture today and as a, uh, specifically in the, in the church world is there's a tremendous need for the church to take the initiative to become educated about the issues surrounding this whole reality because, again, too many people, including pastors and other leaders, don't even know what a chemical abortion is, much less uh, why there's a need for an abortion reversal pill. And so there's such a need for the church to take that initiative. And so we're coming up on a break in just a few moments, but 
On the other side, I'm going to ask if you'll specifically pray for for pastors and for the church to really become much more motivated to learn about these things and decide, because this is a critical part of the kingdom work we're called to. Our phone guest today is Jarrell Godsey. He's the president of Heartbeat International. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is Jarrell Godsey. He's the president of Heartbeat International. And uh, Jarrell, as we begin this last segment, I want to ask again, if you would specifically pray for pastors and for churches, you know, the fact is with all the issues we've talked about, by the grace of God, the church plays such a critical role, such a key role. And as pastors, and as you even alluded with um, an example in your own life, when pastors in love and boldly preach the truth as it relates to the life issue, it makes a huge difference. So would you pray for pastors and the church to really be involved in the ways the Lord would have us to in the, with the life issue? Oh, happy to. Father, we are grateful for those that you have called to care and watch over our, our souls, our hearts, Lord. We are grateful for shepherds who have carried your heart uh, who will watch over the flock and do so with uh, discernment, uh, with love, with compassion, and with boldness. And so, Father, I I think of the the uh, the wolf that is coming to uh, steal, kill, and destroy. The one that is seeking to get into the into the sheepfold and steal your sheep. And so, Lord, I know 
that the abortion issue is a way for the wolf to steal the sheep, even out from under uh, a pastor who is watchful. So, Lord, I pray for eyes to be open and for ears uh, to be uh, sensitive to what they're hearing, Lord. I pray, Father, for the pastors who recognize, recognize that that there is this attack going against their, their flock, against their sheep, against those that they have been called to account, Lord. Help them, help them to strengthen their staff, Lord, against the hand of the enemy in the issue of abortion. Help them to be bold and vigilant, not to be silent or to be um, uh, passive in this, Lord, but to be active in protecting their flock, protecting the, the women in their flock from being preyed upon by the abortion industry, protecting the families that are being uh, disrupted or destroyed by the hurt that is caused from abortion, and protecting their the future of their church by protecting the future generations that are that are looking that you are you are bringing to them, Lord, that you are creating, Lord, you don't create mistakes, and we thank you, Lord, that you are bringing a new generation, Lord. Every life that comes into existence is an example of your hand at work, of your love in action, and of your heart for the future. So thank you, Lord, for that, and thank you for for bold pastors who are willing to step out and and speak, as well as to reach out and care for those who are uh, under under the 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 impact of the abortion industry in our country and around the world, in Jesus' name. Amen. And Father, I too thank you and I praise you again for the great and the very important and critical work of Heartbeat International. And thank you, Lord, for the unique opportunity you give us as pastors and leaders in the body of Christ to be able to speak truth to a world that desperately needs to hear truth, which is that which you use to set people free. Father, anoint the body of Christ and anoint pastors in particular with the spirit of boldness and courage to understand that our job is to speak the truth in love and that that truth does the, in other words, it does the job all by itself. Touches hearts, pierces hearts, opens eyes and hearts to understand that choosing life is the way we are all to go continually. Father, stir us more and more to be passionate about the work of standing for life and coming against the tragedy of abortion. And help us, Lord, to end this tragedy in our nation. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. We do pray. Amen. 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 Jarrell, how would you ask believers to pray specifically both for the work of heartbeat in particular, but how would you advise believers to pray for the ongoing work of pregnancy clinics in our culture? Well, I, I think prayer is our is our greatest weapon, and it's uh, in that we're partnering with God. And there's uh, there's several levels on which to pray, as you just did. Pray for our nation. Pray for righteous leaders. Uh, uh, pray that the Lord would raise up righteous leaders who would take the bold stand for life. And that means in their in their policy making, in their decisions about not just uh, against abortion, but about for women. That they would they would create policies for women so that they don't need abortion. Those things are critical. I would also say uh, encourage um, people to pray for those that are already in this movement, that are on the front lines. Every single day we answer the phones and we are talking to women who are in the valley of decision. Some of them call us and they're crying they're, and we're interacting with them. They're, they're, they're just 
they're just kind of paralyzed by the by the what the what the choices are before them. What they they can't always envision what the Lord where the Lord will take them, and so that's why they need pregnancy help people to come around them. That's why they need to to have those that will speak life into the situation and pray for the opportunities that are that are happening. That opportunity, by the way, doesn't necessarily have to be going and volunteering or being a part of a pregnancy help center. Um, maybe it, that that's a that's an opportunity that rises with a neighbor. That um, that you know, pray that that the Lord would bring those that are in their spheres. You know, whether that's the person they know at at school or the classmate that they have, whoever that is, that that they can say, be ready to speak life, because that's what the, the Lord calls us to. Not just life everlasting, but life in the now. And so we want to have the ability to convey that. And so that those are the good, the really good things to pray for. Pray for our nation and all the nations, by the way, because this is an international issue. Pray for those that are already in the work and pray for those that they are around that they might be able to influence. All right. Well, now you all have a conference coming up um, very soon. Would you share with our listeners about the conference and who you think it's good, who would, should be seeking to try to attend this event? Absolutely. Our conference this year is going to be in Kentucky, uh, Louisville, actually, and we're, we're, it's going to be at the, towards the end of April, uh, April 26th through 28th. There's a there's a uh, pre-conference day as well on the 25th, and this is a conference for pregnancy help people of all stripes. So if it's something that you're doing already, if you're already in the work, if you're a board member, if you're a staff member, a volunteer, this is a great conference for you to attend. We also have a virtual conference that happens at the same time, so if you can't quite Come to come to Louisville. There's a, a virtual conference available that's uh, e- a little easier to access. That we we unpack it in those three days, and people get a get an opportunity to get a, a, a great conference by itself. It's really popular with our international friends who can't come with us. But actually, at our conference in Kentucky, we will have a number of internationals. We uh, Pastor Joseph, we do a, a parade of nations uh, in uh, on the on the opening night of our actual conference, and it's a joy. We bring all the flags of the country where Heartbeat has affiliates, and we get a chance to celebrate the good work that's happening there. But the conference is a, it's, it's available. It's, you can find it on our website. Uh, we, we, are all, we do one every year. We move it around. Uh, but it's a great way for people to either learn more about pregnancy, about how they can get involved. We have all kinds of things, everything from, uh, you know, starting a pregnancy center, the uh, good, good ways to serve those that are in that, in that, that are tr- kind of trapped in that decision. Uh, we work with, pre- with maternity homes. We have uh, board members. We have all kinds of things that we do and some very exciting keynotes as well, uh, some fun and some uh, activity that happens in our general sessions, but lots of work, workshops and breakouts. I think there's like more than 80 of those. So it's a, it's a power-packed uh, few days of uh, pregnancy help that's all anointed by the Holy Spirit and empowered um, you know, by, by God's love. And so we're always excited to do it. This year it's called Breakthrough, for the breakthrough that we've had uh, with uh, the Dobbs decision last year and the breakthrough that we continue to need as a nation and a people to serve those who are in the Valley of Decision regarding their pre- pregnancy. So obviously, uh, pregnancy help ministry people will be in attendance. So, but also, it would be productive for pastors or just individual believers that are wanting to learn more about what they can do to help in in standing for life as well. Right? Absolutely. All righty. Well, again, our time is almost gone. I wanted to ask you about this specifically. Uh, you know, of course, you you. How many nations did you say you work in? We are now, we have affiliates in 89 different countries. Mm, that's great. That's great. Well, uh, 
you know, I've, I've had the privilege of having a, a precious lady, I'm guessing you probably, you or your staff would know, uh, Sandy Shoshone with Bayad Kayam in oh, Israel. Oh, yes, absolutely. And yep. it's both uh, sad to hear of some of the challenges they're dealing with, but at the same time seeing the wonderful work they're doing in the nation of Israel. Uh, before our time runs out, would you pray for specifically for the church to get involved with both through prayer as well as financially with supporting both at home in the U.S., but in other nations, the work of pregnancy, for the church to get so much more involved than it has been in the past. I, let me, I will do it. And let me explain real quick why that's so important. You know, if you do this through the math, 2% of the abortion problem is in the U.S., and 98% of it is elsewhere, because there are 50 million abortions globally every single year. Mm-hmm. And so this is something that, this is why it's important also to look beyond our shores. So I'm happy to pray for that. Mm-hmm. Father, I, I thank you, Lord, for the call that you have placed upon your people to champion life, to rescue those who are being led to slaughter, Lord. And I thank you that you're able to do that in and through us, whether it's in our own community, our, our own uh, Jerusalem, whether it's in a nearby in Judea or across the country, our own country in Samaria, or if it's, a, if it's in the remotest parts of the earth, Lord, our friends in Israel and Africa and certainly Australia and, the, and Asia and throughout Europe, Lord, I thank you for everywhere that you have called people into this work, Lord, and I thank you that you you bless many to bless others, Lord. You call us, uh, you bless us so that we can be a blessing. So, Lord, thank you for those that feel called to provide financial support, that are able to volunteer their time, or able to give of their special skills that they may have, the, their talents that you have placed in them, Lord. Thank you for empowering them in order to to equip and empower others to 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 do this work to reach into lives, Lord, to to help those that are called to step into some very sticky situations and very difficult issues and bring your spirit and your life and your love into those moments. Thank you for doing that, Lord. That, thank you for empowering the church to not just be inside the building of the church, but to be outside speaking life and speaking uh, the, the, the gift of life and honoring the gift of life and you, the giver of life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Jarrell. And let me say to all of our listeners again, please pray much for the ongoing work and mission of Heartbeat International as it continues to do the wonderful work that it does, supporting and helping and strengthening the great work of pregnancy clinics in the U.S. and around the world. As we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you are listening today and you've never made the all-important step of asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart as Lord and Savior, you desire to be saved, you want to make that all-important step, would you simply pray this prayer with me now to make that step if you want to commit or recommit your heart to the Lord now? Would you pray even now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into this world a very long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, I believe you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and I've done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In your word, you told us, Whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, right now, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me 
fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we're very much wanting to be in touch with you. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that are going to help you to begin to grow and grow strong and deep in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Please do email us again, joseph at afr.net. We hope to hear from you. Jorel, thank you again so much for being with us. Share with our listeners one more time if they want to get in touch or learn more about the great work of Heartbeat International. Heartbeatinternational.org is the best place to go. All right. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. And thank you for being a part of our listening family. Again, please, as we said, pray much for the great work of Heartbeat International and pray for your local pregnancy clinic. Find out where it is. Get involved with it through your prayers and your finances and be a volunteer as well. All of those are ways we can help. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.